Welcome to Hebrews at Conversation Cafe with Ricky Allen. This podcast is a unique brew of real people with real talk about real life experiences. So, if you're driving, keep your eyes on the road and your hands on the wheel. If you're somewhere sitting, sit back, relax, and be still. Let's get the conversation started. Years have passed, yet such a brief moment in time, awakened from my deep sleep. Life's journeys have been long, its lessons hard, awakened to greater discovery. More pieces added to the puzzle, more mysteries unveiled, awakened to creativity. It's another chapter, a story that only my life can tell. Awakened to live and to live legendary. Hey, it's a great day. Thank you for stopping by Hebrews at Conversation Cafe. Today I am happy to have with me Iris M. Williams, author and publisher of Butterfly Typeface Publishing. Iris, how are you? I am doing fine. Thank you so much for asking. How are you doing? I'm doing the best I can with what I have. You know, I am very happy to have you. Um, Who would have thought uh, three years from the day that I walked into your office, we would be three paperbacks, three hardbacks, three e-books, and even a song away from our initial visit of just republishing Bone of My Bone, Flesh of My Flesh, which was published in 1998. What do you think about that? I think that's an awesome accomplishment. You know, I, I've watched you grow as a writer, and uh, I'm excited to be a part of the journey. You know, when you say journey, I can't help but remember where I was at that particular time in my life. I had been praying, asking God for connection with someone that uh, could understand uh, feed into this creative energy that I had that I had allowed to die on the vine. When I first wrote Bone of My Bone, Flesh of My Flesh, uh, I was coming out of a divorce and um, just my life was turned upside down and, and I was wondering where and how I could go on past that event. And very young, I think at the time I was 27 years old and I had married when I was 20 years old and left my mother's house and living out the the life that I had created for family. And I remember um, after that, just being in a place asking God, what do I do with my life? You know, what do I do now? Having been a pastor and just planted a church, it was like, um, I just felt like my life was over. So he told me, you know, I want you to become better and not bitter. And uh, the journey to becoming better has been hard. Um, and so when I came into your office to republish Bone on My Bone, Flesh in My Flesh, then I was very excited. And of course, we uh, got past that excitement to it becoming much more than what it was and thus giving birth to Can These Bones Live? Well, I was uh, very excited to read uh, your manuscript. 
honestly, I remember thinking, um, I don't know what me or my company could do for you because the manuscript was so well written. But then when you came into my office and, and we began to talk, uh, I remember thinking why the things we were talking about weren't in your book. And um, and I think that's how we were able to get to Can These Bones Live is because we took what you came in with and we added the elements of your life and came up with something that I think was a better representation of who you are in, in your journey. Well, you know, my journey and, and the representation of my life, and quite honestly, to me, hasn't been too pretty. I kind of liken it to the children of Israel who had been delivered from bondage, but in a wilderness experience, and even in the promised land, they weren't free. I had just kind of been sleepwalking through life, uh, finding myself in places with people doing things that I shouldn't have done. I, I felt like I was behind a wall. And when you started asking the questions, I you know, I felt that you were being a little intrusive, nosy even, <laughs> and I wasn't sure that I wanted to go down that journey. But in the process of facing my life, and I think it was the first time that I really faced my life as it was and um, realized that I'd been behind the wall and I was, that wall protected me from the stones that I felt people were throwing and judging my life. I even remember a time in my life where I didn't want to live. I can't say that I was suicidal. I just knew that I was tired of life and I was tired from life as it was. And I just had lost my passions and kind of found my way, my navigating through that. And when we got to Can These Bones Live, something remarkable was happening to me. I realized that the layers were being pulled back and I was able to reconcile the fact that relationships don't die natural deaths, but they die from some form of abuse, neglect, and abandonment. It forced me to then confront those areas in my life of abuse, neglect, and abandonment. It was quite an awakening for me. I think, um, you know, having read your manuscript and then um, talking to you, I think I felt uh, for me that I had met a kindred soul in that you seem to have terms for the things I had been feeling. And not only terms, but but the way you um, represented solutions was different for me. Um, it, it was like, it was something new that I was hearing. And so I was intrigued by it. And I can remember in the beginning saying to you, you know, I don't know what it is that you're saying. You're going to have to break that down for me because you have this unique way of phrasing uh, words. And uh, I thought, you know, we're onto something here, but we're going to need to make sure that, you know, other people can understand what it is that uh, this man is saying. And so and I've, I've said to you often that I feel that you are ahead of most of us in how you view uh, relationships. Um, and so that was one of the exciting things for me was learning new vocabulary for the things that um, I had been feeling. Because sometimes I don't think that you can properly address things if you can't acknowledge them. Well, you know, when you say unique way of expressing and you talk relationships, you know, to me, all relationships matter, uh, not just marriage. And too often we focus on the institution, be it marriage, be it family, be it 
uh, our jobs, be it our sports and, and all of that. We look at the institution and don't really look at the dynamics of the relationship. And I recall when I wrote Can These Bones Live and I, it was out on social media, I remember a social media post that I received from a woman and it said pretty much, you know, I recently lost my husband and I'm not in a relationship. And I thought, hmm, I understand what you're saying, but you lost your husband. So you're not in any relationship and life is about relationships. And so from a child up, I've always been... Uh, sensitive and in tune to the elements of relationships. They, they are the most important thing to me. And so when I experienced brokenness in relationships, then it just toppled my world as I knew it, uh, because the world that I had created was perfect. Uh, you know, I was saying baby sugar darling before I had a baby sugar or darling. I was opening <laughs> car doors before I had a car. I was being all these things that, that I missed because I never saw a man love a woman. I, saw, I never saw a father um, be there emotionally, spiritually, and even naturally for his children. And so it wasn't until after going through my divorce and after seeking counseling, trying to make sense of my world, because I, I just couldn't, that uh, I was helped in realizing that, well, you created this perfect world to help you survive. And so the world that I created, while conflict was inevitable, we always had a way of resolving the conflict. Uh, I can never remember going to bed angry. I can never remember being angry at the people I love because I wanted love to be free. I wanted it to be mutually fulfilling. And so as a little boy, this is the life I had created in my head. Unfortunately, when life happens, then I wasn't equipped. I didn't have the tools I needed to deal with it. And so I walked around, I'm sleepwalking, taking my brokenness from one place to another, uh, expecting people to do something for me that I wasn't doing for myself. And, and, and so Can These Bones Live just kind of helped me realize the importance of life and living legendary and, and understanding what that meant. It reminds me of God's people in the book of Ezekiel as uh, the prophet was carried out into a valley of dry bones and he looked at it and the bones were just dry, brittle, and lifeless. They existed, but they had no life. And that's kind of how I felt I was at the time I walked in the office. I'm existing, but I'm not really having the joy out of living. And I realized that the only thing that could bring life back to those bones is that I would be open to hear what the word of the Lord was saying and, and receive the refreshing from the spirit of the Lord where I was no longer behind the wall and ashamed. You know, I could take whatever stones I felt were being thrown. Uh, I, I could express myself and not feel like I had to be judged. And so it, it was a work that really ushered in my freedom uh, as a unique creative being. Well, I, I was really um, taken, you know, when I was reading the manuscript, I, I kept having these aha moments as I would come across things um, that, that you would, would talk about. And one of those things was the sleepwalking um that you that you mentioned, and it just opened my eyes to the fact that so much, so often we are living our lives unintentionally, and we do find ourselves places uh, and with people that we had no intention. But because we weren't being intentional, we ended up in some place where you know. Then we now have to manage being there, 
And because our relationships do matter, you know, when you say that word relationship, most of us only think about romantic ties, but it could be finding yourself in a job that you didn't even want, you know, but because you weren't intentional about your life, now you're there and you've got to figure out how to manage that expectation. And so that's one of the things uh, that I feel can these bones live does so well is giving you tools for not just your romantic relationships, but for uh, any other relationships that you may have, you know, be it with your siblings or your parents, you know, or or even your children. Um, I think you did an excellent job with that. And I've often told you that I feel that each one of those chapters could actually be a whole book in itself because you have introduced so much information inside of those chapters. Well, thank you. And and I guess I, I could certainly take that as a compliment. But remember, I've told you, you're pretty pushy. And so when I hear stuff like that, I'm thinking, man, I could just get this one out and, and I've done something. The other part of that is, you know, in writing, I, I got to a point that I finally realized everyone won't get what I have and, and who I am and what I have is not necessarily for everyone. And so then I began to just say, well, OK, Lord, I'm open to inspiring and, and hopefully touching people who've had similar journeys, because I understand what it means to be broken and to try to function when you're broken, what it means to uh, just be desperate and not feel like you have anyone to talk to. And you're talking to the Lord and you know he hears it. But all the noise, you know, you, you're listening to the noise of your past. And one thing I've learned about that is when you're listening to the noise of your past, it doesn't have anything new to say. And so you're Mm. just kind of stuck and you don't allow yourself to move on. It was only the grace of God, which I certainly appreciate, and the grace of others who just, you know, try to help you see, well, life is not about being perfect and and God will help you in any imperfection, uh, but be faithful to your purpose. And that's one thing regardless of what I've gone through in my life, I've been faithful to my purpose, why I believe I was put here. And Mm -hmm. I thank God for grace and mercy. I thank God for people who have been around me that have been supportive, that didn't judge. But the other part of that is just dealing with the effects of the brokenness. And Mm -hmm. when you talk, and and the abuse, the abandonment, the, the neglect, what do I do now that I'm awakened? My mind goes back to the book of Ezekiel, uh, 37th chapter, that valley of dry bones, where uh, the prophet was commissioned to speak to those bones. And as he spoke to those bones, the, each bone began to take shape and connect with other bones to reform the body. And then uh, a fresh wind uh, blew upon the bones and the bones took life. And it just kind of brings me to that point of hearing a word from the Lord. And I heard a word from him when it came to my brokenness, when it came to my valley. And I'd like to share those words with you with hopes that whether you're broken, whether you are delivered but not free, wherever you might find yourself in your relationships, if you're suffering from some form of abuse, neglect, or abandonment, there is hope.
because you will not bow down. They mistake your confidence for arrogance. They try to kill your hopes and your dreams and are appalled by your brilliance. They've exploited your contributions and have taken credit throughout the ages. Your struggle to thrive is commendable, but to them is quite monacious. Some would count you out when the finish is too close to call. From this you must rise and again rise to stand tall. You are not what you've done or where you've been. The truth will make you free. It's time to live life. It's time to live legendary. Because he made you complete possibility. He knows you through and through, not ordinary. Uh -huh. You've got to aim high, no mediocrity. It's time to live life, live legendary. It's time to live life like it's supposed to be. It's time to live life, live legendary. And every day and make no apology. It's time to live life, live Never sport many credentials behind your name. You may never be inducted into the world's greatest halls of fame. Don't measure life by the things you do or do not possess. Things are just things. They're nothing more, they're nothing less. Imitating and perpetrating are just acts reserved only for fools. A good name, my friend, is more valuable in life than the most precious jewels. There is no better time than now for greater discovery. It's time to live life. It's time to live legendary. Pressures of life may prompt you to throw in the towel. But fight with all your might. Take the towel and wipe your brow. You were made more than a conqueror, so go ahead and claim your destiny. It's time to live life. It's time to live.
Thank you for joining this episode of He Brews It Conversation Cafe, a Relate LLC production. To learn more, check out our website, relatellc.com, and follow us on social. Remember, there is no better time than now for greater discovery. It's time to live life. It's time to live legendary. Legendary.